All right, Bone Podcast. Bone Podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. All right, so today we're going to be um, discussing, we have actually some, some visitors that's coming in today, and we're going to be um, having just a, a generalized discussion with father and son. Mm-hmm. And so, father and sons, um, yeah, father and sons. And so, we we, we talked about um, actually entitling this what father to son, son to father. I think is what we talked about. Right. And so, um, we're going to be just soliciting input, having a good time, you know, just just uh, chopping it up during this COVID nineteen. Um, it's the only way we can pretty much do it anymore. And so, um, this opportunity, I'm gonna let y'all introduce yourselves. But um, Mr. Anthony Smith is here with his sons. I'm gonna let him introduce himself and introduce his sons, and then we're just gonna launch into having some um, dialogue. Some dialogue. Right. Some dialogue. So right. go ahead. All right. So good to meet everyone. It's Anthony here. Um, so I've been knowing Clarence for about a hot second there. But yeah, we work together outside of the uh, podcast. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, get going today. Uh, Joshua Smith. Uh, Joshua Smith. <laughs> and who else we got? Who else we got? Uh, I'm Anthony. I'm a senior right now and excited to be on here. Outstanding. Outstanding. That was a real good boy. All right. All right. And um, so a huge theme of what we talk about in this podcast is just fatherhood and um, just kind of conversations that, that we have had between father and son. And we just wanted know. to extend that out and get even more input. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to bring them in to also talk about their experience. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of talk about what we're going to go into today. Okay, so um, again, so I've been having this idea that I wanted to, to actually um, bounce off with, with my son T here. And I wanted to bring some more people in. So I'm bringing you all in so y'all can participate as well. And so um, I've always seen these things where you're talking about note to my, you know, 14 year old self, note to my 15 year old self. And so um, as I sit back and reflect on where I am now, and I think about a note to my 18 or 19 year old self, actually 20, because he's 20, note to my 20 year old self, and just thinking about some of the things that I would have, um, some, some of the things, if I could just go back in time, I would tell myself, and almost like, not necessarily a roadmap, but um, just just a picture into uh, what what I thought I knew back then and what I would change about it. And it's not necessarily for me saying there was, well, I, I did a lot of wrong. I did a lot of wrong, but not saying that, because I understand that all the things that I did got me to where I am now. And so I understand that it's um, it's not perfect, but it, it was what, what got me to where I am now. And so it's not a matter of saying, wish I could go back in time and redo it, but it's saying like, man, if I would have known this, like life wouldn't have been so hard for me to get to where I am now. And so. Um, the first thing I'm gonna throw out, if it was like a note to my my 20 year old self, is I can think about I, I was arrogant, right? I was straight up arrogant. I um I got married at 20, so I've been married a long time. I got married at 20, and so I was in college when I was married. And so at 20 years old, uh, it was right after my 20th birthday when I got married. And at that point, I thought respect was something that was earned. I mean, not earned. Respect was something that was given, right? And so from the perspective of when I turned 20, I thought I was grown. I was like, for real, grown. I'm like, I got a wife just like you got a wife. So when you talk to me, you handle me the same way you would handle any other grown person. Not understanding right. that just that arrogant mindset alone was a thing that repelled people or kept people from giving me the respect that I thought I deserved. And so the first thing I would actually say if it was a note to my 20-year-old self was watch the arrogance, right? Like learn, earn, earn the respect because respect earned lasts longer than respect taken, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that would be my first right. note. 
All right, Tony, you got, you got, you got one you want to throw out? I, you know, I'll, I'll jump in here. So, Clarence, I, I wouldn't say for me it was the, it was the arrogance part in, in my twenties. I, I think the twenties in, in my mindset was that I didn't need anybody. Uh, I, I figured I can handle it on my own. I wasn't being arrogant. I just didn't need you to do anything, and so mm-hmm. I took care of all my stuff myself. You know, so I wasn't arrogant, but I didn't, I didn't approach anybody. No one approached me. You know, so I got into a bind. I figured it out on my own. I wasn't about trying to get anyone to help, you know, and I wasn't married at 20, but I was dating here and there. But for me, it was just about, I didn't need you and you don't need me. And so that was my mindset. Now I realize now thinking about then, if I'd have been more open about networking, yeah. if I'd have been more open about, you know, talking to people, things might've been different. It wouldn't have been as hard for me to go through processes mm-hmm. that I was going through in my twenties because I thought I, well, I don't need nobody, I'll figure it out. And again, I wasn't as arrogant. I, I was more quiet about it. Happened to myself, didn't tell anybody about it, but I felt like I ain't going to engage, she ain't going to engage me. So that was kind of my 20s, was just like, I don't need none of y'all, you know. And you know, having been in a single parent home, you know, it was all about me having to make things happen by myself. So it was never, ever anyone in my corner giving me any advice or support or help at all. So for me, I think myself, I'd say, you know, learn to, to accept. Um, you know, help when it's offered or when it's given uh, and, and vice just not trying to be engaging with people. That, that's what I'd say in my 20s. And it's interesting that you would say that because like I, I was the opposite of that, but I think the result ended up being the same uh, because right. it, it was like, because I was in a position where I just had favor. You know what I'm saying? Like people right. just looked at me or, you know, they looked at me and I, mean, I guess they saw more in me than I saw in myself. And, and well, no, I can't even say that because I was arrogant. They, they saw a lot in me, right? And so right. You, I had people that would just, you know, go out of their way to help me. But the arrogance didn't let me reciprocate, I guess would be the thing. Because like, I can right. even think about when I, when I first got to college and um, financial aid lady, man, I mean, like she would just look out for me, man. She, and I always tell people this story, man. I, I, I give cl- plugs sometime and this lady, Rest in peace, but Yvonne Clarkson was our financial aid lady. And this lady, man, she went so far as to give, I was on scholarship and she gave me work study and she gave me work study in the library, in the archives where nobody comes so that nobody I can spend there. time studying, right. you know what I'm saying? And and right. and I, I, I don't know that I spent time studying in the archives, you know? And so it was like, I had to go back to her and apologize later in life because I'm like, you did everything you could to give me everything I needed. And I gave right. you my butt to kiss was basically what I did. And so that's what I mean right. by arrogance. And so it's almost like you expected people to help you out. Right. I expected people to help me out. And, you know, well, again, mm-hmm. it goes along with that whole thing. I, you know, I expected people to give me respect. So, um, well, and see, Clarence, for me, it was different. I didn't expect anyone to help me out because no one ever did. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. so in my mindset, you know, getting to college, buying a car, no one ever helped me out in anything, you know, and I was the oldest of three. And so, you know, if you didn't come across me as being helpful, I didn't take it. And when you did, I was always suspect. I'm like, nah, you're trying to, you know, I, I'm about to owe you something. So I was always taking it by myself kind of thing. This is funny. It's gonna, it's gonna, this is another conversation that, that can be had some other time, but you said something that just was a clue, right? So you were the oldest. I was the baby. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all right. Yeah. So uh Josh, Anthony, you got that? He was the oldest. He had his expectation. I was the baby. I was the hustler. Huh? Right. 
But see, Clarence, it wasn't even hustling. It was, it was, it was as, as my son tell me, I, he was required to do more than Josh. Right. At the end of the day. And so when you look at it, I was the exact same with me. You know, I had to take my brother to practice when we were growing up. I had to drive to the store. I mean, even when I didn't want to, so I had no choice. I had to cook the dinner, you know, so uh-huh. growing up, that was my, you know, I didn't have any options but to do that. And so I never was able to accept folks helping because no one ever did. Right. So, so, and so and, and, I just thought like, you know what, this is what happened. You got to do it on your own. When I said the hustler part, so, so there's this book, it's called a birth order, birth order book. It's by Kevin Lehman. Yeah, I read right? that book before. You read that book, and that's why I was with that hustle mentality. Because it's like, as the baby, like you get away with everything. You get away with everything. Right. And so you take advantage of it. But as the as as the oldest, the oldest, there was no real pattern for the oldest, and so the oldest always felt like they needed to live up to the expectation of being that oldest child. And so it made right. it, you know, I gotta always well, please my parents. And also, too, Clarence, though, up to up to the parents. Because you know there was no no one else in the house but the parents and over this child for right, a while. Right, That's right. All they saw and they felt, well, I gotta do what dad's doing and what mom's doing. Right, correct. Whereas correct. my middle brother, you know, he, he different. And my youngest brother is wild out. That is, you know, in, in my is. house. So my young brother was wild out. He just was whatever, you know. He was and he was a good looking one. He was a six <laughs> three one. He was high yellow. Had the good hair. Played basketball. Yeah. You know, so I was the opposite. I was the studious one. Yeah, you know, I was when I went to class all the time. You know, I wasn't the most popular, you know, until later. But he was from junior high school. I mean, they were cute kicking down doors trying to keep him away from him. So he had a whole different lifestyle where I had to go and study and things that, like that. They, he didn't do all that. That's interesting. That's my life. That's interesting. That's my life. <laughs> that's my life. All right. So now let's bring it. Let's bring in the, in, in the sons. So that this is like we told our 20 year old self. This is what I would tell my 20 year old self. And I kind of, cause I mean, it's a wealth of knowledge in what I know now based upon what I knew then. Right. And right. so, um, if Clarence, I think I'm making a time before you go to Cheeto, before you go to Cheeto, Clarence, let's, let's put this out for the record here. Would you have listened to yourself though? No. At 20? No, no, okay. no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Like, the the knowledge like, is there, but you wouldn't have listened anyway. He'd be like, man, I think he know everything. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, there's a comment I kind of wanted to make, and it might be because I'm an only child as well, but I almost kind of saw myself in between like the stories that both of you guys told. And because I'm an only child, like I've always been the only person. People have always been looking to take care of me almost mm-hmm. because I'm the only. But then at the same time, it's because like I'm always the only person. So I always had that at- level of attention. It was almost like when you talked about, I didn't expect anybody to help me. It's like, I've become used to being helped or being looked at a certain way that it was more of a norm. So I didn't necessarily know to, to, um, to kind of like utilize opportunities that came to me and things like that, because I was kind of just used to people, uh, I, I guess like standing out because I didn't have anybody to, to be grouped with. Right. And so it, it, it kind of has me in a place which I still work on of like, creating like I can go ahead and create a connection and uh, maintain a connection and and not just wait for everything to come to me and not just disregard things that come to me because I've had people come to me and look at me a type of way in the past and so I think like for me sometimes that could be negative um just having that expectation there where you know I'm gonna do it myself all the time because I'm used to being alone but at the same time it's almost like I'm used to having that opportunity there 
And so I'm caught between wanting right. to make that opportunity and it's been naturally there. So I don't like, I'm used to almost having what, like, a, what's the word? Like a handicap. Like I'm used to people helping. Yeah. Yeah. That type of mm-hmm. thing. And it's interesting because we, we had a conversation T and I, and this is um I don't know, a few months ago is when you had me going running around looking for sweet old burrito. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we had this conversation about um, it was about relationships and, 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 uh, because he had the mindset that he doesn't expect anything from anybody because he doesn't feel like anybody owes him anything. Right. And, right. and, and so just kind of having that conversation and, and letting him know that, um, but people give to you based upon them being in relationship with you and you can't choose, like you can't choose, you can't choose to accept what they're given, but at the same time, hold the mindset that we're not in relationship because they're giving you because you're in relationship. And I even, right. you know, I, I even discussed with like, just even taking it out to the nth degree that if that's the case, then you have to own up, say, okay, I tell you what, you're, you're giving this to me because you feel like we're in a relationship. I don't want to be in relationship. So I'm going to refuse what you're going to give me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not what anybody's going to want to do. But the thing is I, what I was explaining to him, you can't, you can't accept um, what somebody gives you and at the same time, not want to reciprocate or not want to respond to them. Um, that's just not the manly. Cause I'm always talking about, you know, what's the manly thing to do. That's not the manly thing to do. Like if you decide that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to reciprocate, you don't want to call them. You don't want to check in on them. You don't want to email them. You don't want to text them. You don't want to do that. You really don't want to be in a relationship with them. So just let them know. I don't want to be in a relationship. And I know you just sent me $500, but I'm going to send you $500 back. Cause I don't even want to respond to you once you know, at Christmas saying Merry Christmas. Right. Yeah. Right. But but then that, that goes back to T, it goes back to the other thing about, you know, we talk about the uh, the relationship, but also go back to about being a man and being up front. Like, hey, I'm just gonna tell you right up front, here's what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna be able to accept. And if you're a man about it, people may not may not appreciate it now, but they'll respect you later on because they'll know where you're coming from at all times. Like, you know what, I ain't like what he said, but I gotta respect that. There you go, there you go. And I think I learned that, I learned, I did. that's one lesson I learned at an early age. Um, is pr- probably around that college time. It's like, okay, hold up, hold up. So the gift I got from you came with stipulations. I don't want to deal with the stipulations, so I don't want the gift, you know? And so that, but that was, I guess that whole, you know, wanting to be a man early and wanting to step up and stand on my own. I, I had to learn early on. Okay, look, nah, nah, I don't, I, don't, I don't want the strings that came attached with that. So I don't want that. Right. I, Josh, Anthony, let me hear from y'all. Who do we ask? Do y'all relate to anything we saying? Like you said, uh, Mr. Sure, 20-year-old self, I mean, I'm 18, so I haven't lived that long, but I say a good message to my 15-year-old self, especially me starting uh, high school, is going to sound kind of like, kind of cliche, but stop caring so much. Uh, I would say a lot of the uh, lessons I've missed on the basketball court and the school socially, it's because it's I care too much. Like what they thought, like, oh, if I miss this layup, they're not going to like me no more. Oh, if I say uh, something about her hair, she's not going to want to talk to me. So <laughs> I feel like stop caring so much. It's cliche, but it's, it's a good lesson for my 15, 14, 13 year old self. I should have, I should have um, like started doing that at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask, So that's really funny because just like not even too long ago, I was talking to an old friend from high school and we were just talking about the fact that we barely talked to anybody that we went to high school with. And like, that's always something mm-hmm. that you hear like, oh, right now doesn't matter that like the people around you, their opinions don't matter. They're not going to be there later. 
like focus on the relationships that are going to continue and all that type of thing. And it's like, when you're there, it's, you kind of have that understanding of what people are saying. Like, this isn't, your whole life isn't right now, but it's still like yeah. hard, like this is all you know. So it's hard to get past that feeling of everything that's happening right now is what it's going to be. And so yeah. just going, like going forward and looking back, it's like, wow, like they said these weren't gonna be my friends in college. I really don't talk to these people anymore since high school. And so that's just really funny, really fun that that's true. Um, so just try not to get caught up too much in what's going on. Be yourself, be real with you and don't worry yeah, about it. I'll go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was just saying additionally, like Mr. Clarence said about the being the oldest, it's like there's a, there's an expectation you have to live up to. So I think that feeds into me trying to always please people. Like since I'm the oldest, I have to live up to being, I guess the man out of the house when my dad steps out and whatnot. So me always wanting to please coaches, teachers, and everybody. I think that feeds into like the expectation and stuff like that, so. Oh, that's huge. And that, that's, that's huge. And I, I was gonna say, uh, so have, have you read the birth order book that, that your dad was talking about? Uh, no. You need to read the book. No. You need to read the book. Well, I, I mean, and we, we can get it. Now, now I, I, I'd say that it, it's probably a good point to do that. And, you know, and much as my boys know, we they, they read all the time, but I've never thought about giving that book to him to read because that, that's a good book. It actually makes, much more sense now as he's older than it would have been with the right. team because it would have made, it would have made sense then. Right, right. right. But because I, I, I love assessments, I love assessments. I, I read, I study all kinds of assessments um, because I've always been the kind of kind of person I like to read people and understand people. And so, yeah. um, at the beginning of that is understanding yourself, and that that birth order book helped me out tremendously. Um, yeah. The other thing, well, I was, and that's why I got the idea from what being the oldest realizing that it's just, it's just, it's just part of who I am. And part of my, you know, lineage that I can't change that. Nothing right. about that can be changed because, yep. you know, my brother is younger, my middle brother. I'm going to always be that same one because of that lineage that I have. And once I read the book, I was like, now I was okay with it. But for a long time, I wasn't yep. okay with it. Because why? My brother got away with stuff. He drove before I did. You know, he had more girlfriends than I did. He didn't worry about going to college. So I was like, this ain't right. But then I realized it's just who I am as being the oldest. There's nothing I can do about that. It's right. not going to change anything. And so I had to learn to accept that and move on. Yeah. It, I, it, I was watching a movie last night and I think what the guy kept saying, what has happened has happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. He just kept saying like, what has happened has happened. And it makes all the sense in the world. Like ain't nothing you can do to change it. You can realize right. what has happened and then you can adjust find how a, you respond to what has happened. Just find a way to embrace what has happened. Yeah, find a way to embrace what has happened. And so, yeah. All right, Josh. Yeah. Uh, something I'd tell my earlier self is, since I'm so used to being like the second one up, I've always kind of tried to be, I've always kind of tried to be like uh, my older brother. But when I went going into middle school, I'm coming out of a private school, no one knew me. So it was trying to make a name for myself, but something I told myself, stop trying to be a follower so much, be a leader, because I was seeing what all the, I guess you could say popular kids were doing. I tried to hop on their train instead of just trying to make my own name and give myself my own identity in middle school. That was good. Did you, did you, did you ever do that? Um, I think, in a way, I kind of had a piece of that from being an only child because I didn't really have anywhere naturally to look for my group. Like, I wasn't used to, I guess, because 
friendship can almost be an extension of, well, friendships really are an extension of the relationships that you have within your household, I think, or I would think. So I I wasn't used to having like that long-term relationship of someone at your level, right. I guess. Right. So I was used to like a parent to, to child relationship, but not so much as like a peer relationship. And so with me, when I was going into school, I didn't really know what those relationships looked like. I didn't have like that natural group to look for. Mm -hmm. um, like even you talking about like you're the, being the second. Um, it's like you might have known or seen who your brother was hanging out with. So you're like, oh, those are the type of people that I would hang out with or things like that. And so for me, I was kind of like, I don't really know where to go. I kind of just have to feel out and find it, which is probably more so like a firstborn because they don't really have like almost like a blueprint of a life in front of them. Um, and so I think that's kind of the difference there. Well, and I'd also add too that when when you when you look at the the idea, of become, I guess that the birth art books are going to be good because when you start looking at the idea, you realize that the lessons that are learned from you know one child, child two, child three, and four, they all are different, right? You know, and no matter how much you try and establish the same type of thing, they're just different. In that regard, and you can you can institute you know as a family you can institute certain things that are just going to be done, right. you know. But at the end of the day, you know it's just not the same. So you know, for Anthony, Anthony has probably read you know a lot of books. One because he had no choice. I made him read books early on, but his vocabulary, his his reading understanding is just has always been far above his peers because he's always had to read at home. Whereas with Josh, you know, learn to read at home. But, you know, me and my wife, we just didn't require Josh to read as much as Anthony. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. It just got to the point of this. It was easy with just the three of us in the house. And remember, I stayed home with Anthony for 18 months because I didn't have a job. So he and I would get 18 months. Anthony was reading at 12 months. So it's a whole different thing. You know, vice when Josh, you know, at 12 months, he was in, 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 in daycare. And he's like, okay, maybe that's him how to read. But with Anthony, he was reading at 12 months. So it was a whole different thing on that mindset. And then you realize maybe that was too much. Maybe that was too early. Then you become a little bit more lenient. Yeah. And that still doesn't make it right or wrong. But you're like, well, I'm going to back off a little bit. But when you look at the scheme of things, what worked for Anthony, why doesn't work for Josh? Now, they're two different people, same household. It's just like with my my brothers. I have a younger brother, you know, and a middle, my middle brother, you know, he was in and out of the penitentiary for a number of years. My younger brother was not. So how do we all have to live in the same household with the same mom, with the same rules and the same requirements, some go to college, some go to jail. How does that happen? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to do because we we just We're having a similar conversation like yeah. last week. Um, because um, I, I spent some time with my my mom, and my dad last week, and we were kind of having the same conversations. Like you know, you know, people that grew up in the same household. As a matter of fact, my mom made a comment. I'm a, I know I'm a butcher it, but she said um, when she was younger, this lady asked her how many kids she had, and she said I have two, and she said good, stop there, because when you lay down, you don't know what's gonna come out. Right, and it, and it was all about like all your kids can come out different, all, and you know you don't have any clue what they're gonna come out like, and so that that is interesting. That's that's really interesting. Um, I, I tell people for me, I've been I've been working with youth um, for decades. Like I, I I started my first nonprofit in 1996, right, mm -hmm. and it was all about working with um, students and helping students to understand careers, and so. Um, 
I tell T, he had the benefit of all the kids that I I, I kind of use in my laboratory um, because right. I, I would I would try to, you know, institute things that I've learned to see, you know, see how it worked out. And, and luckily for me, it worked out well for most of them. I'm still, you know, connected to, to a lot of them today. But so when I can't when T when King T came down the pipe, it wasn't like I was trying stuff new with him. I was I was trying right. what I was using with him was refined lessons that had come from other people. And so uh, because I, I know, you know, people always say, which it was, I guess, another reason why we do the podcast. People always say, you know, kids don't come with instruction manual, which is true. Right. They don't. And even if it was an instruction manual, um, it takes it takes some some forethought on the parents part to be able to say, OK, this is what the instruction manual says, but it's based upon a kid with this temperament or that, you know what I'm saying? And so I still have to figure right. out how to apply that to my child. And so, yeah, that I mean, so that's I, I, you know, I, I if I could jump in, Clint, I, I'll, I'll kind of jump into the other part of our discussion that I'll ask T. To, to 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 maybe talk and then you can ask my boy. So T, I, I'll ask you this: What is it that you you know now that you know you you're an adult and you you know <laughs> and you're manly now? <laughs> what what is it that you wish your dad would have known? You know, at some age, like you know, between fifteen and eighteen, fifteen. What you wish your dad said? How wish he would have known this? You know, had and and that would have been different for you, vice not. I mean, is there anything that you say that he, he wish he would have known? See your little tattoo, your little brand there, Clarence, on your on your sleeve, man. You got to put your sleeve down. I want my, yeah. I want my son to see that brand. Oh, man, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, what do you say, T, as you wish that Clarence would have known? Like, man, if he just would have known, here's why I was doing this or saying that or didn't do this or didn't say that. Uh, I don't know if there's anything where it's like, I wish he would have known why I acted this way. But I think there right. were some things that, like me personally, like I'm a real quiet dude, um, kind of like I like to handle things internally by myself, um, real heavy on that. And so there's definitely like some things that he wouldn't have necessarily known that could have benefited him for the fact um, to, to be able to tell me something. Uh, and a lot of like a big thing for that was socially for me. Because right. um, something like, which is a huge thing that I've learned being off at college, it's just learning way more about social interaction and how people act and like the way people interact and all that different kind of stuff. Um, how even um, you were talking about, oh, if I say this about this girl's hair, she's not gonna like me, or if I do this and that, like these expectations that we have. And so for me, especially being like an only child, I didn't really have interaction going all the time. I just kind of had this understanding that I had developed of interaction. Um, and I, I didn't really let on to say to him that, which I wouldn't have even known, but it, I didn't really talk about like, well, can you tell me if I say this, what happens? Like things like this, like what do different interactions look like? I didn't really talk mm -hmm. to him a lot about that. Uh, and so going off to school, I found that being yourself is important, honestly, which is also very cliche, but just like if you feel a type of way or if you feel some way, say something about that. Even that whole respect thing you talked about, people might not like it then, but they respect it later. And I found a lot of things where I would have been like, oh, I don't want to step on somebody's toes. Like, I don't like the way this is going, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Like if you address it, people might like uh, they might seem like they don't take it well in your face. 
but like they actually go back and respect you more because of that and they treat you a certain way based on the fact that you stood for yourself and so that was something that i had to learn for myself that i feel like if i were to let on a little bit more and ask more questions about interaction um being like like he's had years Mm -hmm. to interact with different people um and so if i were to ask Mm -hmm. some questions about that it wouldn't have been such a oh, I got to try this and mess it up so many times as I go forth in my life. Understood. So that's so you're saying, you know, for 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 your piece there, you know, given that your dad is very outgoing and interactive, you could have said, hey, I, I, I'm not as outgoing dad and interactive. But so what do I do in situations X, Y and Z? What do you think? So if you kind of would have asked him that that might have given you a little bit more insight on what you had to learn through trial and error. Right. And especially because it's almost like social interaction was almost like a performance to me. Yeah. Um, I got used to knowing the type of you stuff. Are, you are a DJ though, right? So you're a professional <laughs> right. DJ, so it wasn't that hard. Yeah, I, I always got used to, like I know that I knew what to say to make somebody feel good. Or I knew what to say to make somebody feel this type of way, but I had less of that authentic conversation when it came to how do we interact mm-hmm. genuinely with both of us. And so it would always be right. me like, Oh, they might be talking to me being real in themselves, but I'm just kind of saying the stuff to like, oh, let's make you feel good. All right, now I'm going to move on. And so when I'm going, when I went to school, it's like I'm in this, this atmosphere. I'm in this climate. I'm with these people. And it's like consistently with these people, like somebody has to get to know me. Uh, It's not going to be, I go back every day and my parents are there. And those are the people that really know who I am. It's like, nah to survive you really have to have like a core group of people that are driven like you that push you to go somewhere and for that to happen people have to know you and so i started figuring out how to have real authentic communication Mm. and real authentic dialogue so i think that was something i had to learn for myself that i could have learned from him yeah because and it's interesting that you would say that because because um that's one thing i used to i used to be it used to frustrate me to no end is the fact that he's he everything's internal with him and so I try to have conversations with him and, you know, to draw him out. And, you know, he just wants to be introspective and think. And so that, that was an adjustment for me. Uh, that was a real adjustment for me. The other thing- Because I'm different from you in that regard. Yeah, you're different from me in that regard. Uh, the <laughs> other thing that's interesting though is like, I'm from the South, Tony, you from the South. And so okay. growing up, we had uncles and cousins around, right? And so our uncles and All our cousins would tell us stuff that, uh, respectful grown folk wouldn't you know what i'm saying correct um and and so that that is i think that was it hurt twofold because first of all he hasn't because we've been always always been away from family he hasn't had the uncles and yes. the cousins that would would, would would do that and the other thing is the people that have come around to so in his life were like me or they understood and respected me. And so they would never cross right. that line with him. And so whereby- well, as with your uncles are gonna cross the line, they gonna cross regardless the line. of who you are, what status you got at there the end go. of the day. And my, my boys don't even know this. We went home the first time, I think they were, I don't know, we drove to Houston. They were probably seven and five, something like that. And my uncle specifically told me to my face, goes, why'd you bring them white boys over here? Yeah, I was man. like, what oh. are you talking about? Oh, man. He said, them boys talk too proper to be from Houston. Oh, I was man. like, they ain't from Houston, though. <laughs> he was like, man. And that's what he said the whole time. He said, why you bring them white boys down over here? I was like, my boys are nowhere white. They were like, well, they talk too proper for us out here. Yeah. Because y'all yeah. from the South. We all from the South. 
I can remember uh, that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. T, T used to call me father and, and, uh, and his mom mother. And dude, man, I they, still they was like, they call him bougie, man. Like, where'd he get that from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, so, 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 to, 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 understanding that he wouldn't come to me with that, that information that I could have helped him with or listen to me if I had told him. That's um, always, or that's something that I heard you say once. I don't even remember if he said it to me. I think it was like a conversation that I was just privy to. I was a part of the conversation um, that stuck with me because I remember you saying specifically, like there's some things that you would tell me or you would treat it this way, but you would want somebody else to talk about it differently. I think it was even something like I was dealing with the teacher. I think is what the situation was. I was dealing with the teacher and in my head, I'm like, this is crazy. Like she wilding. She like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And for him in his head, he knows, yeah, she kind of, she kind of acting crazy, but she's not going to tell, he's not going to tell me that she's acting crazy. He's going to tell me what I need to do to try to better the situation because he doesn't want to be the person telling me that she's acting crazy because he knows in spite of that, I need to act a certain way. And so he would be the person telling me how to act, but it would be nice to have a person that can reinforce, like, you're not just, you're, you're not the one that's crazy. <laughs> she really is acting that way. Yeah. But his role is right. to try exactly. to help me to like do what I need to do. Yeah. And so I think that's gotcha. something that and you could get from that. On this side. Right. All right, so Josh and Anthony, here we go. So thinking about yourself now is there anything that you wish your father would know or would have known or could have shared that will help you on your journey uh i don't know about shared but i do have i'm gonna feed off what t said about the internal but mine's more deviant i feel like because growing up with a military father it's a lot it's a strict household there's a lot of structure and one thing I realized for myself as I got older is structure creates a really sneaky person. <laughs> and me personally, I'm very sneaky now because of the structure. So a lot of the, I'll go out with a certain group of people, but in my head, I know I'm meeting with a different group of people and it's because of the structure aspect of it. And I'm internally going to keep it to myself. So one thing I feel like I would share is like structure definitely creates deviance. And that's like one thing I want him to know. All right, cool. So I'm, I'm gonna jump in on that before I let you in, Josh. That's funny. That was it was something like that I I wanted to say and I forgot, right? But so my father is a Baptist minister. He was a pastor for 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 the longest, right? And so what you're saying right now, I get 100%. 100%. As a matter of fact, I think that made me worse than I should have been. Now, right. it made me worse than I should have been. And it, it's it's funny, man, and and so, um, because I would tell people, because people were like, "But ain't your dad a preacher?" And I was like, "Yeah, that was the profession he chose. I didn't choose that. <laughs> I, I tell him in a heartbeat, you know what I'm saying?" Um, it it it, it was, and 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 I did. I remember when we were talking to my parents last week, they start. I, I was like, "My dad spilling all the beans, the tea, tell them all the stuff I used to do, man." I mean, like, I, I ain't gonna say it because y'all still young enough to do it, and I ain't gonna let y'all know. But anyway, <laughs> um. It it built character in me. It built character in me, uh, right. but it also it also made me do a lot of things or led me to do a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna right. drop a nugget though. I'm gonna drop a nugget and follow me here because this is the conversation we had last week. So I'm Josh. This for you too, right? So I tell people you're going to stray from your roots. 
Okay. Now you saying your dad, you, you grew up in a strict household. You're going to stray from your roots. We all do because what's going to happen um, is you're going to get out in life. You're going to like, well, my dad always told me not to eat the apple. We're going to Adam and Eve now, right? So my dad always told me not to right. eat the apple, but the apple looks de delicious. I'm going to try the apple. That's what we do. Now, let me tell you the positive part of my dad being a pastor, <laughs> me growing up in a Christian household, you growing up in a military and Christian household. Here's going to be the positive side to that. When you leave the tree, your roots are strong enough. When you leave the tree, your roots are strong enough. And not only are your roots going to be strong enough, they're going to be a roadmap or breadcrumbs that's going to get you back to your roots, right? Um, because the truth about the matter is we have the perfect parents. I Like, like as, as, as much as I, I mean, me and my dad, we, I mean, I tell people too, I was in my 30s, me and my dad just didn't get along, right? And so, but I'm realizing now I had the parent that was meant for me. Because even though we were like oil and water, the things that I was learning or the places that I was growing from, from dealing with that situation makes me who I am today. And so I can go back now and say, I appreciate it because we even talked about it again last week. It was like, cause there were times like I could have turned left and ended up in jail, but instead I turned right because I remembered something my dad said, right? Or there were the times I could have turned right and ended up strung out on crack, but I turned left because I remember something my dad said. And so whereby I understand right. the devious part, because again, I, bro, that was me, okay? But I was the baby, so I had it twice as bad, right? Or as easy. And so um, that part of it, I get, but just realize that um, even, even in what you're getting now, it's gonna be positive because it's gonna pay, for, pay off for you in the, on, in the long run. So I will tell you that, but I, I do get that, I do get that. And so it's like, cause, and you, and, yeah, I just say the structure is needed because because here's here's gonna be the here's gonna be the flip side of the coin, and I know you got friends like this. I know I have some. Yeah, he got some. So so who who whose parents have allowed don't have those markers in place for them, and they've been allowed to do whatever and you know and wherever, and now later on in life they're paying for it, and they're paying for it because they've strayed from the tree. They don't have a way to get back, right. and the roots aren't strong enough for them to survive on their own. And I can even speak on that because. Um, especially once you get to like the college level, you see a whole bunch of people that are just bouncing around doing this, doing that just because it's there. Uh, and they don't really have a moral compass developed. They don't really have anything that kind of um, almost like a conscience. Like they, they, they really just can't tell right from wrong, a bad situation from a good situation. So they just find themselves going through every different situation with um, no direction. And they kind of, it's easy to get lost in that. And so when you have that foundation that's built from, I mean, solid parenting, from um, intentional parenting and all that, it's really helpful. And like, even just speaking on myself, I can go out and look at something that like he might've told me not to do. And I can look and see other people doing it. I'm like, oh, but I remember, like it looks fun for them right now, but I remember the conversation I had with him. And I remember what he said about that. So let me step back and, and then I now go forward, fast forward a week, maybe a month or whatever, a year. And you see the impact of that decision that that foundation kept you from making with somebody else. And so I, that really does play out, I think. Yeah. And I just drop on this right before I jump, bring you in, Josh. Um, there's this quote. It says, he who is enslaved by the compass enjoys the freedom of the seas. He who's enslaved by the compass enjoys the freedom of the seas. And so if you have a compass, if you have that moral compass that has been 
been been nurtured inside of you from your parents it is the thing that will allow you to go out and try things without going too far because you know where 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 your true north is so mm -hmm.